0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. Hello everyone, welcome back for another episode, we've got a good one ahead, please do remember like, share, subscribe, all of that. Uh, Today I'm joined by Ben Laidler, our global market strategist here at eToro. Ben, how's it going? Yeah, good, Uh, thanks for having me back. No, great to have you with us, great to have you with us. I think Josh is back from his year-long holiday, it seems like, Uh, next week. He's been Dubai, he's been Ibiza, he's been UK, which has had weather like Ibiza. Uh, and I think uh, I saw him yesterday on his flight home business class, of course. Nothing but the best for Mr. Gilbert. Uh, nothing but the best for our listeners today, though, as well. We've got Apple. Uh, we're going to talk about inflation, FOMC, ECB, and then uh, Novo Nordisk as well. How's that sound?
1: Yeah, nothing going on, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, Exactly exactly it's a busy one and it's only going to get busier uh as well this month um this week you could argue we've got a bit of a theme uh this week talking about big stocks and, and they don't come bigger uh than the one we're going to talk about first apple i mean it's currently near the three trillion dollar market cap it sits top of the the pile uh second place microsoft and Saudi ramco alphabet amazon and then nvidia making up the the top six tesla seven for those that care uh, anyway uh i've got a few questions for you uh and it's a pretty big week for apple and of course yesterday that we were recording this wednesday but yesterday they had the new release of the iphone 15 i guess the first question is you know do people consider this like on par or bigger than an earnings report and, and secondly, what are we looking out for? What did we expect? And, and and have we seen or are we going to see a sort of broader market reaction?
1: So, yeah, it's a big deal, right? I mean, the Apple is, I'm um, sorry, the iPhone's important for Apple, but it's also, um, I think, important for the whole tech and telecom sector, right? So that means about half the stock market. Um, you know, it drives half of Apple's own sales. Uh, clearly, they could do some good news, you know, right now. They've had a bit of a drobbing in the market in the last couple of weeks with um you know China cracking down on government officials using uh the Apple phone. Um so what did we see from the new from the iPhone 15 launch? Um you know plenty of uh, sort of modest upgrades, right? Um USB-C port, faster processor, better camera, new colors. Uh, that high-end Pro range now comes in titanium. So, you know, fairly significant but you know nothing transformational. I think the bigger news was that all these upgrades Come at basically the same price as last year. Plus, you're getting a pretty chunky trade-in deal on, on old for new phones. And, and this, I think, is the key, right? Um, you know, investors were a bit disappointed initially by the sort of lack of price increases. Remember that Apple only has about 20% of the global smartphone market, but generates about 80% or more of all the profits in that market, given its high price point and it's and its sort of big ba- um big brand. But I think Apple is playing the sort of smarter, longer game here. They're trying to kickstart volumes. Uh, the global smartphone market has been falling for two years at this point as consumers have sort of held back on purchases and upgrades. So I think they're looking to push volume. I think they're looking to move products. I think they want to keep building the ecosystem, keep booking that you know, ancillary services revenue. I think that's what's at stake here. Um, and it's more than just Apple. You know, as I said at the beginning, you know, the hopes are that if the new iPhone can begin to sort of kickstart that global smartphone market again, it obviously benefits Apple. But remember, you know, they have a 200-company supply chain, right? Everybody from mm. Qualcomm through to Foxconn, stretching around the world, that would all benefit from, you know, selling more widgets and to go into the phone. Um, you know, hard-pressed mobile phone stocks, you know, Verizon, at T-Mobile, Vodafone, you know, they've basically been in the toilet, they're very cheap valuations, you know, they could do with, you know, selling some more phones and, and getting more data usage, um, all the through to the ARM IPO, right, which is about to price, um, looks like it's coming in at the top of the range, You right? know market yep. cap over 50 billion, biggest IPO of the year. Uh, and they completely dominate that smartphone processor market. So I think, you know, any way you cut it, uh, this is a big deal. And I would sort of look through the initial price weakness because I think there's a bigger play going on here. Um, And if if consumers do sort of re-engage with this sort of upgraded phone at the same price, then I think the benefits could, um, you know, are are a lot bigger than just uh, than just Apple.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. They're the 200 companies. We we always say if America sneezes, the world catches a cold. But if Apple sneezes, those 200 companies may also. Uh, I was looking at Apple yesterday. It's quite interesting. And we've talked about this before on podcasts as well. But the, the webinars that we do each Monday for for the club level. Uh, members here at eToro. I think the revenue uh breakdown 49-50 comes from the iPhone, 8% MacBook, 7% iPad, 10% AirPods and and, and Apple Watch as well. Uh year to date Apple, based on yesterday's close, is still up 40%, which is obviously a great year. Uh one year performance is up 14%, had of a bit of a Uh, a wobble at some points last year of course but five-year performance still up 215 percent so all in all i think apple investors over the medium term and certainly the long term are still pretty pretty happy uh second uh part of our free parter is the latest cpi release so uh what are we looking for there and i guess how could that then impact the next fomc meeting which is next wednesday uh, and then the third part is on the ECB, who are seemingly close to peak rates now. I, think I saw yesterday, it's almost a 50-50 chance whether they actually raise at the next meeting, uh, which maybe didn't seem that way a month ago. But Ben, how are you seeing all of those three things at the moment?
1: Yeah, so it's it's US CPI day today. So by the time you listen to this, we'll probably yeah. have the numbers. So um, I'll try not to embarrass myself <laughs> yeah. with, with being too precise on the on the projections. But... You know, US inflation is the most important number in markets. Uh, We're now in this sort of final, slow, hard grind down uh, on, you know, inflation uh, as we, you know, try to get it towards that 2% Fed target um, that would allow the Fed to cut interest rates. Um, You know, we're getting some mixed messages, to be frank, right? I mean, high oil prices are going to push up Mm. that headline sort of inflation number, which is going to be, you know blazed across the world when it sort of comes out but scratch the surface i think the more important message and the focus for investors and the fed is going to be that underlying core inflation number when you strip out energy and food prices um that i think is going to hit a new low um because of the easing jobs market because of the easing housing market um, so, you know, the Fed's on hold until it can get that sort of core number, which is, you know, around 4% right now, down closer to two. So we are in this sort of uncertain no man's land right now until we, you know, begin to see more uh progress there. But I do think we're going to get there. I do think that sets us up for um the Fed to cut interest rates, you know, by the uh, by the middle of next year. But it will take some time and markets are a little bit nervous, right? Mm. Um, They are, you know expecting you know no hike at the september fed meeting but you know 50 50 whether we see one more sort of final fed you know insurance hike uh later you know in the in the year um the more interesting one actually in the short term is is the ecb in europe you know a few weeks ago that was a slam dunk that they were going to hike interest rates and you know all the council members were sort of outdoing themselves to sound as hawkish as they possibly could be um and look here we are now it's a coin toss right the meeting is on uh, the meeting's coming up on Thursday the odds are basically 50-50 that they stick with the current 4.25% uh why because the economic debt has been miserable <laughs> um you know forward looking pmis are all in recessionary territory germany is actually in recession um so you know as i say it's time cost, they may do you know one more hike um but basically we're at the top of the cycle Um, And just take a step back. That's a big deal, right? That would leave us with the world's two biggest central banks having done their last hike. And now it's all sort of sitting twiddling our thumbs waiting for, you know, the last sort of gasp of inflation for them to then turn around, you know, at some point next year and cut interest rates. Um, So I think, you know, I, I think this is pretty significant.
0: Yeah. I mean, come Friday we're going to know a lot more about the market than we we do right now. Uh, quiz question for those at home, answer at the end. Uh, which European country was the first to cut rates? Answer in due course. That Fed meeting, as I mentioned, seven days away as of yesterday's close in markets. Uh, the Fed watch tool uh via cme group 93 percent chance no change 7 percent chance of a hike but as ben mentioned as we go to that november meeting it's a lot closer 59 to sort of 41 no change to hike uh so one to keep an eye on and of course that inflation number can change things uh at the beginning i said we, we had a theme about big stocks and now we have uh, a front runner in europe a new one uh, for those that don't know uh, the company is called Novo Nordisk, which we'll talk about. So I guess my my question here, Ben, is, is how have they taken the number one spot from LVMH? Uh, what do they do? Is there more room for growth here? Ben, what are you what are you thinking about this stock?
1: Yeah, LVMH has been dethroned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Novo is the biggest stock in Denmark. Uh, not a market we talk a lot about. Um, it's soared 70% in the past year. So that's got it to the biggest stock in Europe. Um you know, it's long been the leading you know diabetes pharma company you know in the world. They dominate that market. Um, it's been their focus since they were formed. You know, a hundred years ago. So this is a real case study in you know consumer focus, um, and they've basically landed in the right market. I mean, it's been you know a fast growing profitable market you know for a long time. Um, Basically, as the world has become richer and more sedentary, right, um, and you know, diabetes issues have spread uh, into a lot of these sort of fast-growing emerging markets, from from Mexico to India. So basically, they've ended up dominating this, you know, very fast-growing market, um, and they leveraged that expertise uh, to produce, you know, a new um, weight loss drug, which seemingly works um on the trials. It you know, can cut weight loss by, you know, over 15%, which is, you know, pretty significant. Uh, so, Zempic is their diabetes drug. Um, and a reformulated version of that called Wagovi is their weight loss drug. And uh, the market is basically huge. Uh, the latest numbers from uh, the World Health Organization, you look at the BMI index, so basically half the world is obese at this point. Mm-hmm. So, you're talking, you know, 3.5 billion people. Um, and unfortunately, those obesity rates are going up, not down. So, you know, the market is enormous and it's growing um, and they're struggling to keep up with it. Um, so, you know, they've got essentially infinite demand. They've got pricing power. Uh, and um, the, with these obvious health benefits that it does take the weight off if used properly, you know, as part of a sort of broader, um, you know, health kick supervised by doctors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think this means in the fullness of time, health systems will pay for it. Uh, insurance companies will pay for it. Um, and so I think that sort of flywheel of growth is sort of here to stay. I guess the sort of caveats to this are they basically have the market to themselves at the moment. They have that first mover advantage, but others are catching up. Uh, Eli Lilly in the US is you know, on the verge of getting you know, a drug approved. And of course, every pharma company in the planet at this point is... Um, you know, rushing to catch up. So, you know, competition's coming. And also, you know, I would say, you know, the best impact of it only comes if it's, you know, sort of used holistically as part of a sort of broader, you know, weight off, you know, cutting plan with, you know, other lifestyle changes, you know, supervised by doctors, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the bottom line is they have a first mover advantage of, you know, a potentially vast market.
0: Let's wait and see how it oh, all goes. Dude, that was terrible <laughs> uh interestingly you said there 100 years literally to the year uh that they were founded um and they've got that number one spot in europe uh as of yesterday's closes in the market it is 16th biggest company in the world was down two was up at uh 14 but yeah leading the way there uh from from europe obviously overtaking our It's just had a bit of a a uh, adrift lower in, in in recent weeks. Uh but uh back to the quiz question, the first European country to lower rates was, and Ben if I get this wrong, correct me immediately, uh, but was Poland. Is that right? Yes. Absolutely. Good call. So, shows that I do listen to you uh in these in these webinars. But yeah, of course they uh were the first to lead the way trend setting. Um, please do remember, by the way, guys, if you've got this far, like, share, subscribe, uh, and all of that does help with the algorithm and such. But Ben, as usual, thank you very much for for joining. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Take care, guys. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use etoro.com.